In Jesus' name, amen. Get a Lord a hand clap. Come on. Hallelujah. Want to, uh, amen. Thank the Lord for our minister of music, Kent, and our choir. Thank the Lord for all of you. Truly, God is an awesome God. Amen. And wherever you are, whatever you're going through, he's able. Can I get a witness? There's purpose as to where you are. There's power that's going to bring you out. In the name of Jesus. This morning we'll be in 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. That's after 1 Timothy. Amen. After Colossians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 6. For I am now ready. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to read any further. I'm, well, I am now ready. Mm. My God. We hope with the help of the Holy Spirit to dissect this book and this chapter to make it applicable to where we are. I am now ready. Today ends our alliteration of C's. We've been in this C series, Seeing Your Way Out, for quite some time. We dealt with conflict, compassion, confidence. We've dealt with a whole lot of C's. And the last four weeks, we were dealing with God's compassion and comparing God's compassion to our compassion, which always makes us fall short. And we began this four-week dive into compassion, John 13, when Jesus washed the disciples' feet. He was practicing a service. Amen. And in Exodus 33, when God was protecting Moses from himself by placing him in the cleft of a rock, when Moses said, uh, let me see your face, let me see your glory. And God says, you can't see my glory, but I'll show you my goodness. Amen. He saw the aftermath of his glory as he went by. And then in the book of Ezra, we dealt with a promotion of separation when Cyrus, amen, who was prophesied 200 years before his birth, that he would come along, defeat the Babylonians, Daniel chapter 5, while they were having an orgy and a party, eating out of holy vessels, a hand went up on the wall and wrote in Aramaic, uh, many, many tikkul eupharsin, which means your days are numbered and the kingdom will be snatched out of your hand. And the Medes and the Persians were on the steps ready to come in. And Darius, listen to this, allowed Israel to return to their land, rebuild their time. Amen and to restore them to the place where they were before Nebuchadnezzar taken over. And then last week was in the book of Hosea, and we dealt with redemptive love. That uh, Hosea was told to go marry a prostitute, and God used that 
as an illustration of his love for Israel. Just as I love Israel who defiantly keeps running on me to other gods. I want you to love your wife. And we examine that compassion of redemptive love. There's no love greater than redemptive love. It's not reciprocal. It's not two ways. It's one way. It's a one-way street. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, who whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. But today we close the C-series, and my C is, listen to this, closure. How do you get closure? What is closure? And I'm pausing purposely. When you don't close a door and you leave it cracked, a chill will come in. Closure is one's final acknowledgement to oneself that accepts the end of a certain situation. This acceptance changes the realm of one's reality and reasoning and it counters a continuance in this particular area. It's a halting of one's hope, a new chapter to one's challenge, and closure puts certain things behind you and places other things before you. Closure is moving on from memories and pursuing a new mission. And sometimes it takes years. It takes years to bring closure to a defeated area of our lives. Sometimes we are never able to bring closure to the death of a loved one. Hmm. But as we trust in the comfort of Almighty God, we learn to pick up the pieces. But the worst of all is when we live, listen to this, in a denial of our pain and will not allow closure to come. Closure is a quiet but quantitative acceptance of an end. And what it does, it allows us to be open to a whole new arena of things. As I look at my life, I think about closure. And I, I was saying this this morning, I'm going to come back to that. Every, every avenue of my life, I had to shut a door in order to move on. 
at 17 in the 60s when I graduated high school. Uh, a lot of young men in my high school graduating class had their draft notices to go into the military. Vietnam was hot. I was 17, swearing in at 401 North Broad Street. Too reckless to be scared. Didn't care. Went down to basic training and the man told us, all oh, y'all not gonna live. And, 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 and every time I thought about that, there was a young man that went to high school with me. We loved him. He was dead at 19 because he was in the Army infantry, killed in Vietnam. Closure. I stayed in the military 17, I mean, four, uh, seven years doing classified work and didn't know why I wanted out, but I wanted out after seven years and they called me in and made me sign all these official papers of non-disclosure because I had a top secret uh, clearance and um, they promised me, they said, this was 1974, they said, we'll give you $30,000 to re-enlist for four years. You're critical to us. I turned it down. We'll give you a promotion and we'll guarantee two promotions. I turned it down. I didn't know what was going on, but I, I closed that door never to go back. I knew when I discharged, I was never going back. I knew when I got saved, came out the world, I was never going back. And, 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 and child of God, I, I didn't know all the ifs, ands, or buts. We never do. God does not disclose everything to us. God just tells Abraham, get up and go. And the Bible says he was going not knowing. I'm preaching already where he was going. Can I get a witness? So I got out of the military, so I go back to school, get my degrees and all this, and 29 years of passion, not knowing all the ifs, ands, or buts, but every episode of my life, I had to bring closure. And closure says, there's no looking back. Once you make this move, it's final. Do I have a witness? You can't be vacillating all over the place. You can't be up one day down the next not understanding once you make that move you you've got to bring closure and and just last week I was telling the congregation I got in my car I wanted to be by myself I was just going up the highway and I passed Fort Dix I was on my way to New York not not even planning to go up there just going up towards New York thinking about my mother and father who's going home with the Lord my two brothers and and I had no closure and God says you won't have closure till you see him again. But I'm going to give you comfort. Do I have a witness? And, and when you lose somebody dear to you, it just comes and goes. You never get over that. Do I have a witness? You, it, there is no final chapter down here. You, you got a bunch of memories. You got the good times. You got, come on now, you know what I'm talking about. And, 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 and so, child of God, I, I know something about closure. The problem in the church is that we think we close the door, but there's a chill coming in. We keep catching a cold because that past keeps reminding us of things that are not beneficial to this walk. 
Do I have a witness? So, the, so, so here in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it is what we call the valedictorian speech of the Apostle Paul. And Paul is, amen, notified that Nero, the Roman emperor, is about to behead him. Mm, death is a certainty. Yeah. And Paul's acceptance to this end is that he, he's not wrestling within himself. He's not bitter at God. He's not upset or distorted in his thinking. But until you understand contextually 2 Timothy, you cannot define his thinking. Second Timothy, Second Timothy is amen. To be faithful, listen to this, in the face of hardships. To look at stuff that's bothering you, to look at stuff that takes you down, to look at stuff that depresses you and say, in spite of that, I choose to be faithful. In spite of my misgivings, in spite of my marriage, in spite of my ministry, in spite of where my mind is, in spite of my children, in spite of my finances, I choose. It's an act of your will. I'm going to be faithful to Jesus Christ. Do I have a witness? Let me, let me, let me, let me throw something out there. When you, with limited understanding, are willing to put Jesus... In spite of your pain, I can tell you right now, it's only a matter of time before he pulls you out. Because God will never owe any man anything. Can I get a witness? God will never be indebted to you or me for anything. And when we put him out there first, when we dare stand on that word and stand on his promises, Lord have mercy, and stop just sitting in the premises when, when, when we read this Biblios and apply it to our lives and say, if God did that for Abraham and if he did that for Moses and if he did that for Daniel and Ezekiel, then he can do it for me. It's when you bold enough to take him at his word. Do I have a witness? It's when you're bold enough to hold God to his promises. Can I get a witness? It's when you're bold enough to be still and know that he is God. Second Timothy in chapter 1, yeah, Paul is a preacher. <laughs> yeah. Go back to chapter 1 real quick, because I want you to see this. Chapter 1 and verse 11. Whereunto I am what? No, 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 no. Let's not read too fast. Let's slow up. Let the Bible be the Bible. He said, I am appointed. There are no accidents in Christ. There are appointments. Mm -hmm. Yea, though I walk 
through the valley. God determines when you walk through the valley. Can I get a witness? This, this is not a life of accidents. This is a life of appointments. So you sitting there this morning and say, well, I don't like my appointment. Well, guess what? That's not for yours to like. You, you, whatever God appointed in your life, you, you got to accept it faithfully. Do I have a witness? And, and the reason God wants you to accept it faithfully because he's the one supplying the grace and the power and the, the wherewithal to carry this load. Do I have a witness? He, he says, I've been appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. He, he's a preacher in chapter 1. Secondly, he, he, he's not only a teacher in chapter 1. Listen, he's a pattern in chapter 2. Now, 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 now look at verse 2. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able... To teach others also. God knows that in your calling, somebody else is watching you. Lord, have mercy. Mm. Jesus. Paul said, the things, Philippians 1.12, that happened to me have fallen out to the furtherance of the gospel. That, that means God planned some difficulties in your life. And with his help, so you can be a paracletos a paraclete to somebody else. Are y'all getting this? So you may be going through something this morning, not understanding the whys and the ifs and the buts, but God says, I got that thing engineered in a way that your coworkers and your family, they keep watching you. Some of us are the only Bibles people read. Can I get a witness? They, they're just watching you. They, they're not concerned about verse and chapter. They're not concerned about how much theology you know. What, what, what they keep reading is your reaction to your stuff. Can I get a witness? Uh, Paul said, I would have fainted unless I believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of courage again. I say, wait on the Lord. And Paul, 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 Paul said, we are troubled on every side. But we don't get distressed. <laughs> Perplexed, but not in despair. Can I get a persecuted? That means chased. Can I get a witness? Uh, uh, knocked down, but not knocked out. Why? Because we got a treasure in the trash. See, we are trash compared to the Holy Ghost. And we got this treasure in the trash. And the treasure is the Holy Ghost. He wakes me up in the morning. He keeps me going when I feel like quitting. He strengthens me when I feel weak. He encourages me when I feel torn down. We got a treasure in the trash. Well, Gordon, why you don't go back in the world living that crazy life you used to live? Because we are kept by the power of God until salvation. I couldn't open that door back to the world if I wanted to. I wouldn't know how to act. I'm preaching up in this place around a bunch of drunken people. I wouldn't know how to act. <laughs> around continual fornication and party and I wouldn't know how to act. Why? Because I've been delivered. I, I got a freedom on the inside. I got a power on the inside. I got a persuasion on the inside. 
He's a pattern in chapter 2, and then he's a prophet in chapter 3. Ah. Look at 3.1. This also know that in last days, perilous times shall come. We live in a culture of perilous times. Here's a man in Michigan killed seven people randomly. We're in perilous times. He's a preacher, he's a pattern, he's a prophet, but in chapter 4 of our text, he's a prisoner. Mm. He's a prisoner, ready, and he's ready to die. My God, today. Mm. The fourth chapter of 2 Timothy, let me give you some historicity is a chapter of finalities. Everything in this final. Mm -hmm. There's no overtime in God's will. My God. In basketball, there are four quarters. I think it's 25 minutes to a quarter. I, I'm in the third, third or fourth. <laughs> Leave that one alone. As Dr. A.L. Patterson said, I'm in, I'm in the halftime's over. <laughs> I want you to see this. First, there's a final charge in 4.1. He said, I charge thee, young Timothy, uh, parangelelo in the Greek, preach the word, verse 2. Here's my final charge to you. Preach the word. Don't preach fables. Don't preach poetry. Preach the word. Too many churches don't preach the word. They get caught up in these little jargons, these sayings. They rhymes and reasons. God didn't want you to do that. God just says, preach the word. There's power in the word. Can I get a witness? He says, preach the word. And look, 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 look at verse 2. Be, he says, be instant. Uh, be diligent in season and out of season when the people want to hear it, when they don't want to hear it. Amen. And, 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 and reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. That's his final charge. But then he moves to the final warning, verse 3 and 4. And, and the final warning in verse 3 and 4, hanging in with me. For the time will has already come that men and women will not endure sound doctrine. They don't even want sound doctrine. Now you want, you know, well, well, there's a new church around the corner. Yeah, okay, keep going. Yeah, keep going. We are not at St. Matthew's tossed to and fro. With every wind, I'll preach it of doctrine. Can I get a witness? I don't come in here with a white suit putting oil on you telling me you healed already. I don't ask you to put no checks on the altar. Can I get a witness? It's tight, but it's right. Huh? I, I, I don't tell you that God is pleased no matter how you want to live, what you want to do, what you want to be. I don't preach that up in here. It's tight, but it's right. Can I get a witness? I'm not up in here as a soothsayer reading the palm of your hand and telling you your future and amen, encouraging this. And no, no, no. He says, preach sound doctrine and there are men and women who will not endure sound doctrine 
but they will be controlled by their own lusts. They will heap up teachers, false teachers, that'll tickle their ass. Stand flat-footed and preach. What do you mean by preach? Yeah, yeah, if somebody ain't saved, you're going to hell. That's preaching. Well, I don't make, I don't want to make them feel bad. Well, they're going to be bad. They're going to be worse off then than they are now. You, you need to go on and tell them the truth. In love. You need to do it in love, but don't pull back from what the Bible says. Because my Bible says if any man, woman, or child is not born again, he's facing hell. We don't want to hear that. We like to think that God is too loving in spite of my sin to send me to hell. Hmm. We like to think that God's going to change his mind about me when I give him a couple of my crocodile tears. Yeah. It's tight. I learned some lessons in the military that will stick with me for life. You heard some of them before. I mean, see, the military taught me at face value. They don't, they don't play no politics in the military. Face value. Soldier, you don't get your head out. You're going to jail. You're going to get an Article 15, da-da-da-da-da. Well, how can you do that to me? And we just partied all Saturday night. Well, it's Monday morning. <laughs> it's Monday morning, Doc. The, the, the military taught me you don't manage through relationships. You manage through truth. Can I get a witness? Y'all ain't got to say amen. It's all right. It's all right. Paul gives a final charge. Paul gives a final warning. And then Paul gives a final request, verse 5. Come on. But watch thou, he's talking to Timothy, young Timothy, watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, and do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Now, child of God, all right, let, let me throw this out there. Y'all, I mean, y'all know me. I've sent 10 sons out into the pastorate. Nine of them are doing great. They're doing great. I, I think I know what I'm doing. 29 years, I think I know somewhat of my profession. Now, whatever your profession is, if you've been in there 30, 40 years, I know you know what you're doing. If your head is above water, can I get a witness? My job is not to make people feel good. I would love to, but that ain't my job. My job is not to make people feel whole. My job is to exalt Jesus and his word and let the Holy Spirit transform you by the renewing of your mind. Are y'all getting this? And, 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 and see, the, the, the fact of the matter is, he, he's telling Timothy, I want you to endure afflictions because we've been, according to First Thessalonians 3, we've been appointed to affliction. And if I don't have scripture, if I don't have my head on straight, I'm going to start getting upset with God. 
Why do I have to go to the doctor for high blood pressure when I'm saved and doing your will? What's wrong with you, Lord? Did you miss something? Why do I need to get my eyes checked? Because my eyes are getting worse as I get older if I'm saved. <laughs> Why them two brothers mess with me, author and writers? when I'm trying to live right. Are y'all getting this? I went to the doctor one day. This guy was cussing like a sailor, man. He said, why would God do that? And I'm sitting up on my head and I said, I ain't going to open my mouth. Because at that time, I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. But Paul, 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 final charge, final warning, final request, final sorrow. Look at verse 10. Are you with me? For Demas hath forsaken me. Now, wait a minute. How can you walk with the apostle Paul and go back into the world? Demas did it. See, listen to me about church. Everybody in church does not have their heart in ministry. When your heart is in ministry, can't nobody move you. Paul said in Acts 20, bonds and afflictions await me, but none of these things move me. Didn't he say that? See, you can be moved when your heart is not in something. Do I have a witness? Uh, De Demas went back into the world, and, and, and of course, Cre uh, Cretans went to Galatia, Titus went to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Luke was a physician, a Gentile physician and a historian. Tychicus went back to Ephesus, and he, he, he tells Carpus in verse 13, bring my cloak, I'm cold in this cell. Now, don't miss verse 14. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil, but God is going to reward him. Nobody gets away with anything. Hmm. He, his sorrow is, and we all have, there, there are some sorrowful times but Paul's final confidence, verse 17, 18, notwithstanding, through it all, the Lord stood with me. Look who's going to stand with you. He strengthened me. Look who's going to strengthen you. And he's going to deliver you. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Lord, now, the lion is Nero. Even though Nero going to chop my head off, I'm going to be delivered out of his mouth. And the Lord shall deliver me from every, what? Verse 18, evil work and will preserve me to the coming of his kingdom. Mm. So why are we going through all of this? A final charge to Timothy, a final warning, three and four, a final request, five, a final sorrow, 10 and 14, a final confidence, 17, 18, because our text is a final testimony. 
Here it comes. Final testimony. That, that is, the Bible says no man or woman, listen to this, putting his hand to the plow and looking back is worthy of him. You can't look back in this walk. You can't look back with your heart, I wished. You can't look back with your mind. You got to close the door. Closure is not always easy. Whatever decision you make, whatever career you're in, whatever move you made and you had closure, you closed the door, that door can't come back open. You closed it. Oh, oh you, can, you, can, you can physically, emotionally, mentally go back. The problem is, if we don't have closure, we got other problems. If I'm trying to be married to one woman with a cracked door of all my previous women, I got problems. Are y'all praying with me this morning? Are y'all praying with me? If I'm, if I'm looking at life through the lens of college life when we were in our 20s, and here you are 40 and 50 today, you got problems. Fun day is over. Yeah. Fraternities and sororities, that's over. You may still participate, but you ain't going through that stuff you went through. Can I get a witness? It's tight. You ain't crawling on your knees and eating onions and letting nobody harass you now at your age. Y'all be up fighting. <laughs> I thought I threw that in there. <laughs> My God. Mm. Closure. Closure. First, we see Paul's acceptance of closure to the present, verses 6 and 7. Look what he says in verse 6, for I am now ready, it's a mindset of readiness, to be offered, it's liturgical in nature, as the giving up of a lamb or an offering to God, and the time, let's talk about time. We can, we can live in sin, we can confess our sins through the shed blood of Christ. We can ask God to forgive us. We can mess up our marriages, come back and try to mend them. We can be in and out of ministry. We can be unfaithful. And our loving God will forgive you. But the one thing you cannot get back is time. You can't get time back. I can never go back to be 24 again. I had a great life at 24. I wasn't saved, but I had a great life <laughs> at 24. I was sitting with a professional psychiatrist. He was a counselor. And he said, Ray, let's go over your life. What over? He said, you know, when you talk about your life before Christ, it's all smiles. When you talk about your life after Christ, it's all frowns. I said, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> See what sin to do to you. <laughs> he 
He said, you had a hard conversion. I said, yeah, it's still ticked off at some things. Mm. Paul realized that his life is on trial. Don't miss this. His confidence has been combated with conflict. And when we're going through and don't understand the, all, all the if, ands, or buts, see, you got to pull up the promises of God. It's, look, the, the psalmist says, Yea, though I walk. Now, though is conditional. Though is hypothetical. Though, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod, thy hook and crook, thy staff, they comfort me. You know what a hook and crook is? A shepherd carries a rod, and it's a hook on one side and a crook on the other. One side is to grab the sheep around the neck and bring them back, but the other side is to fight off wolves with the same instrument. This thing is deep. And, 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 and so he deals with the time. How, I would sound ludicrous to tell you, well, I'm praying about my career. At this age? <laughs> uh, I want to be a cowboy. Man, they would put me away. Wouldn't they put me away? I, oh, yeah, you can, you can change your majors. You can change your careers. But time is going to have something to say. Won't it? And as you guys and I get older, we can't even, we can't even fit in to structure the way we used to. Do I have a witness? We can't even fit in no more. That, 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 he says the time, hanging there with me now, of my departure. The word departure is a euphemism in the Greek for death. And what it means is to lose something. Something gets loosed. When Paul is talking about departure, he's using three different definitions. One is to, listen, loose a ship from its anchor. Let it float out. Loose a bird from its cage. Let it fly free. Take your tent down, your temporary body. Take your tent down in lieu of a permanent dwelling place. And, 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 so, and so the transition here is, he said, listen, I'm ready. The time of my loosing departure is at hand. I think about these closures. And uh, when you are not humble enough to admit your closures, the closures will humiliate you. Let that one seek in. When we moved over here in 1994, every Tuesday night, we were running full court up and down that, uh, down that gym. About 40, 50 men from Philly, Camden. We was running ball. Um, I would run ball for three or four hours. Three or four hours. Full court, up and down the gym, Doc. I couldn't go up and down that court <laughs> for three minutes. 
We get on a picnic, them young boys come out here. Come on, Pat, see what you got. I say, yeah, give me the ball, man. They say, when are you going to move? I'm not. <laughs> Just give me the ball. Shut up, give me the ball. Sister Gordon and I got married. She used to jog five miles a day. I jog a mile and a half to two miles a day. No more. I jog in front of my TV now. I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not eating lettuce and get hit by a truck. I'm going to enjoy myself. I, I was down LA Fitness about 15 years ago. I'm down LA Fitness on a treadmill, five o'clock in the morning. And this girl from St. Matthews walks up to me. She got a towel around. And she said, hey, Pastor. I said, hey, baby, how you doing? You know, I don't like being bothered. I'm she said, how far are you running? I said, a mile and a half. Well, I just ran nine miles. I said, God bless you. Get away from my machine, please. What the heck do I care if you're running nine miles for? Go home, read the book of Colossians. It talks about people like you. They're trying to work something off. I ain't got time for that. And we have not closed all doors. We left some crack. Mm-hmm. Paul says, I'm coming in, Paul. Paul talks about this matter of, look what he says in verse 7, I mean verse 6, my departure is at hand. Now he uses three ongoing verbs here. I'm get out your way. He says first, I fought. Verse 7, a good fight. It's an action word. I fought and I keep on fighting. When do you fight, Paul? I keep believing God in spite of, in spite of what I see. I don't lose my faith because of friction. Do I have a witness? I, I, I keep on behaving according to the scripture because I know that God will reward good behavior. I, I keep on being still when I need to be still. Paul says, I fought a good fight. Some of us only can fight a good fight when we winning. Let Satan hit you with a couple of hooks. Let Satan knock you to the carpet. You can't get back up. And, and, and if you're going to fight the good fight, He's not talking about a physical fight. He's talking about your faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. You got to believe when you can't feel, when you can't see, when you don't know, when you are struggling. You, you got to keep on believing God. Lord, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why you're taking so long, but I choose. To be like Abraham. Abraham got up and gone where he didn't know where he was going. I, Lord, I choose to believe you anyhow. You're going to get me out of this. You're you going to work this thing out. You're going you gonna, to you, you gonna deliver me from my dilemma. You're you, you going to douse out my tr uh, the difficulties. Lord, uh, uh, in, 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 as, listen, as I surmise my situation, I don't see any way out. But I know you're God. Can I get a witness? 
and God and God and man's extremity is God's opportunity. God can look at something, the same thing you're looking at. You see no way out, no hope. And God says, well, I'm glad you're frustrated. I'm glad you've come to the end of yourself. I'm glad you're out of options. I'm glad you're trying to rest. Because now I'm going to move in. And what you couldn't do through fussing, what you couldn't do through cussing, what you didn't, oh, I'm preaching up in this place. I'm going to get it done. Fight the good fight of faith. Well, wait a minute. Who arranged this fight? God. Amen. Mm. Who allowed you to go through what you've been through? God. Just go home and read the, and read the book of Job. Can I get a witness? Somebody said there are no coincidences in Christ. A coincidence, listen to this, is when God performs a miracle and decides to be anonymous. All right. That's right. Yes, sir. Ain't, no, ain't no coincidence in Christ. I kept the faith. I was, I was sitting here this morning, I was saying this morning, almost 29 years ago, Deacon Hicks, Bethea, Claude, Jones, Congleton, others, people who stood with me. My dad, who was coming back and forth over the bridge for 27 years, wouldn't take a paycheck, wouldn't take a dime. Fixing this church, doing things, I, I just, and all of them are, listen, all of them are gone. I got good men around me. Thank God for the men around me. I got good men around me. I got good men around me. Good elders, good advisors, good deacons, good ministers. I got good men around me. But that first crew that stood with me publicly, ah, see, it's one thing to speak privately. Pastor, we with you. That don't mean a hill of beans. It's when you stand publicly and lock and load and say, I'm with pastor. That's, that's the determining factor. Do I have a witness? Oh, y'all get this on the way home. The fact of the matter is, is that when I start thinking about the fact that all of them are gone, you feel naked. You, yeah, you, you feel depleted. Can I get a witness? And all of them, amen, were doing what God had put on their heart to do. Amen. Assist this uh, young man that ain't got no sense. Lift him up and help him out. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and child of God, I, 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 Paul, said, Paul said, as he closes this door, he, on his past, he said, well, here's my past. I fought a good fight. Second verb, I finished <laughs> my course. Mm, well, what course? Well, it's a race. Can I get a witness? I finished the race God wanted me to finish. I finished it. I finished it. I finished it. I came across that tape, came across that line. I finished it. This is something else. Once you finish what God has for you to do, he takes you home. You know why y'all here this morning? Because you ain't finished what God asked you to do. 
That's why you're still here. So you're looking at me saying, well, I ain't doing nothing. Well, that's part two of this sermon. Nothing from nothing leads to nothing. Here's the third verb. I kept the faith. Mm. When I look this up in the Greek, it deals with being a custodian of truth. I didn't fall for everything everybody believes. I kept my doctrine straight. Are y'all getting this? Yeah. You got people arguing with me here. Well, well, tell me about the 666. Well, you won't see the 666. You won't know the 666. You won't be here when the 666 messes up and start tribulation. Why? Because the church is snatched out before the tribulation period. That's correct doctrine. Isn't that right? Thank you, Jesus. The fact, the fact, the fact of the matter is, he, 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 he says, I fulfilled my stewardship of truth. I've had members come up to me, and, 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 and you know, it, it sounds, it, it, it does sound cocky. People come to me in the past and say, well, pastor, you know, I, uh, I, uh, I have a different opinion about the scriptures than you do. I say, okay, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong. So let's sit down and talk about what is right, because you're wrong. I'm in shop right. Rolling my cart. And this girl walks up to me and says, I can't believe. She said, hey, apostle. She said, I'm going to prophesy in school. I said, you are? She said, yeah. I used to come to St. Matthew's, but it's too big. I, I'm going to prophesy. I'm learning how to prophesy. I just looked at her and said, I said, Lord, don't let me do it. <laughs> Lord, keep me, Lord, don't let me do it. Because I started to say, prophesy this, come here. You as wrong as two left shoes. First of all, I ain't no apostle. I ain't never seen him, and I was not personally commissioned by him. I'm sick of these people with these titles. Can I get a witness? Yeah, somebody needs to preach it. Hey, hey tell me, I'm, I'm a bishop. Well, you've been in the bishop, Rick. Why you got to call yourself a bishop now? Oh, it's getting tied up in here. Why you got to be? What, what is the difference between a pastor and a bishop? Both of them supposed to be looking for the uh, souls of the sheep. What, what is the difference between a pastor and a bishop? I don't need to wear no ring that you kiss. I don't need to collect no envelopes for my wife. I don't need to make her co-pastor. You, you got any more? You got any more? Tell it. I, I don't need to do all that stuff. I don't need to bring your favorite TV evangelist here lying to the flock. I don't need to do that. All I need to do is preach the word. Yeah! I don't need a harem of women. Uh-huh. Don't get me started up in here. Why you gotta be a bishop? Baptists aren't bishops. Baptists are pastors. 
Don't get me started. And, and I'm glad we on TV. Don't be no chump. Call me up and we'll talk about it. But when you call, have scripture. I'm sick of it. You ain't drawing no attention to Jesus. You drawing attention to yourself. Well, here, here comes the bishop. You can't even touch him. Got a hole guard of people all around me I'm preaching up in this place you can't even say good morning to him got 40 men around him they got guns and swords and knives what kind of mess is that what shepherd do you know that does not touch the sheep they carry sheep they kiss sheep. They feed sheep. Then you got a doctrinal problem. Because the doctrine they use is not the doctrine, the healthy, hygienic doctrine we use. I'm born again. I'm blood washed. I'm blood bought. I'm a child of the king. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I'm a peculiar people. I've been chosen. I've been adopted. See ya! See ya! Pastor's not good enough? And by the way, I, I, I got to go on. I've been called better things, worse things by better people. I'm trying to get you to see somebody, not, not, look, not all of them. You got some good bishops. I'm trying to get you to see the trickery that's invested yes, sir. Yes, sir. in some people that's not biblical that's not biblical go home and read first peter five you're not here to worship me you're you're not here to lift me up you're not here to put money on the altar into my pockets. You're here to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Can I, and he said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. I got to come. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. He... Listen, listen, listen. He dealt with the past. 
He's dealt with the present. That's closure. And you're closed. You got to deal with the past. Close the daggone door of your past. Don't leave that door cracked or you're going to be in trouble. Do I have a witness? Yeah. Don't, don't leave the door open even. Listen, he deals with the future and he says, henceforth, verse 8, now there is laid up mm -hmm, for me a Stephanos, a victor's crown, not a diadem, but a Stephanos of righteousness, listen to this, which the Lord, righteous judge, shall give me at that day, at that day, at that day, doesn't mean when you go to heaven you're getting that, no, no, that's at his appearing. That day is the day of rapture. His appearing. Lord, have mercy. It's right here in the text. And not to me only, but to all them that love his what? His appearing. Thank you, Jesus. And, 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 and what, Paul, what Paul is saying is right now, heaven is anticipating my presence. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. When I was on my drive going towards New York and I was thinking about my mother, father, and my two brothers, tears mounted my eyes, and, and the Holy Spirit said, well, listen, they in glory. They are up there shouting. Can I get a witness? And, and child of God, and you will see them again. Uh, do I have a witness? And, and, and child of God, they've been translated, transformed, transferred hey, into my presence. And they're going to a land where there's no more dying, no more tears, no more pain, no more trying. They're home with the Lord. They've graduated this life. There's laid up for me. That crown of righteousness. Thank you, Lord. Raymond Gordon, you need to bring closure to your whole purpose. My purpose is to exalt my Christ. I'm not trying to be the president of IBM. I'm not trying to be the vice president of AT&T. My purpose is him. Now unto him. Can I get a witness? Uh, child of God, child of God, child of God, child of God, child of God. It was Joshua that said, as for me and my house. <laughs> you, can, you guys can do what you want to do, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Can I get a witness? Mo Moses, Moses gave his uh, benediction, his last words when he told Israel, if you want to prolong your days, if you want to cross the Jordan, then you got to fulfill your life according to the word. And uh, do I have a witness? And child of God, closing a chapter and closing a page is not always easy. But it takes acceptance, acknowledgement, approach. And that's why uh, the serenity prayer is one of my favorite prayers. It says, Lord, <laughs> give me the serenity to accept things I cannot change. Can I stop, pause, and park? There's some things in my life I just can't change. Do I have a witness? I got to accept them as they are, their face value. I got to accept the reality of what it is. Can I get a witness? But Lord, give me the courage to change the things I can. Uh, you don't have to talk that way, walk that way, think that way. You can, under the power of the Holy Spirit, you can change right now. Uh, do I have a witness? And then God, give me the wisdom to know the difference. Because you're just wasting your time. 
if you keep striving for something you can't change, if you, I'm preaching up in this place, if you keep the door cracked, you're getting the cold. Can I get a witness? Uh, my past is my past. I am what I am by the grace of God. Can I get a witness? I can't go back. How many of y'all know you can't go back? It's too late to go back. I shoulda, woulda, coulda is a curse word to a Christian. You cannot go back. But what you can do from this time forward, you can trust and never doubt and he will surely, won't he bring you out? In the able, in God willing, in God powerful. So closure is accepting, acknowledging, come on now, uh, the past and the present and it is an approach to the future. Close the door. Bring closure. If you're divorced, bring closure to that old marriage. Yeah, I'm preaching up in this place. If you got something going on in your life with your kids, give it to the Lord. And leave it there. Lord, this is yours. I can't handle this no more. I can't, I can't carry this no more. It's too heavy for me. I, I messed all up in my mind, but God, I know that you're able. And, and I'm going to speak things that be not as though it already was. I'm, I'm going to call things a, a, that be not as though it already was. My son and daughter saved. They're healed. They're going to heaven. They're, they're well. And, I'm gonna say, and, and every day I'm going to get on my knees, and I'm not going to ask you to do it. I'm going to thank you for doing it. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you for what you've already done. Lord, thank you for what you have. To. Lord, thank you. We got to close the door. Closure to my past. Closure, yeah, to my present. And the door ought to be closed to your future. I'm going a whole different direction. That's my vision. That's where I want to go. That's what's on my heart. But I got to close the door to the past. The past will hurt you. The past will harm you. The past will mess you up. The past will keep reminding you of stuff that's not profitable to God. The past will agitate you. The past will snatch you down. The past will make you feel less than a woman or a man. The past will hurt. Come on now. The past will hinder you. You got to close that door. Jesus closed the door. When his crucifixion got closed, the Bible says... He shifted his head towards Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the place he needed to go. Jerusalem is where he would be locked up and where he would be a man transferred from judgment hall to judgment hall without mumbling a single word. He gave all of his attention to Jerusalem because he was the only man born that had to die. Can I get a witness? And anybody that got in the way of his death was satanic. You remember Peter said, you'll never die. He said, Satan, get behind me. Can I get away? He knew what he came to do. Can I get away? He died on that cross. Didn't he die? 
And let me tell you why he died. He died for your sins and mine. Didn't he die on that cross? He died till the sun stopped shining. He, he died till the earth stopped reeling and rocking. He died to a Roman centurion said, surely this was the son of God. The, the moon turned to blood. The, the sun went out. The earth started reeling and rocking. Can I get a witness? They put him in a barred tomb. Can I get a witness? But early, I said early, early. Sunday morning he got up. Did he get up? He got up with all power in his hands. Did he get up? He got up because he's God all by himself. And when he got up, we got up with him. When he rose, we rose. Can I get a witness? When he was glorified, we were glorified. Can I get a, When he was seated back in heaven, we were seated in heavenly places. Can I get a witness? He is worthy. But he closed the door. Then he closed the door. You got to bring closure to your life. The wouldas, the shouldas, the couldas, tell them to take a hike. Close the door. Let's stay on our feet. I'm ready. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. As every head is bowed, your eyes closed. If you're here this morning, you need to be saved. Jesus died for one reason, so that you could be saved. He died for all of your sins and mine. If you want Jesus in your life, believing he's the son of God, God the son, believing he died for your sins, was buried and rose again with all power in the hand, just raise your hand. Be honest. Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to be saved this morning. I want to be saved. And the day that you hear my voice hard, not your heart, is there one you want to be saved? Or perhaps you want to join this church in your Christian experience, raise your hand. We'd love to have you. Is there one? Is there one? You may be seated. Father, as we go into the symbolic holy communion it is your desire according to first corinthians 11 there be no divisions among us that there would be no frac fractures in the body that god we would openly love one another and acknowledge that you are the bread of life and god without the shedding of blood there's no remission of sins and you said as often as you do this you show remembrance of me to our come. So God, we choose to remember you. Even right now and in the name of Jesus, sanctify, bless, forgive us of our sins, sanctify us for this holy supper. Those that are not saved, let them not take, for they will be eating and drinking more damnation to their soul. Bless our efforts. As we memorialize your death, burial, and resurrection, in Jesus' name, amen. Reach down. Please get your flask. Amen. The wafer is symbolic of his body. He gave his body that we might have a right to the tree of life. Deacons will help you. Raise your hand if you need help. The baskets are on the floor to the end of the aisle. Just take the, do not partake. Take the. Take the flask out. Take, take the wafer out. Just hold it in your hand. We have to do this together. Just hold it in your hand. On the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, broke, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which has been broken for you. Shh. 
this wafer is symbolic of his body. Let's all partake of the wafer, thinking about his death, burial, and resurrection. Secondly, the grape juice is symbolic of his blood. Without the shedding of blood, Hebrews 9.22, there's no remission of sins. Let's all partake, thinking about his death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. Amen. Let's dispose on properly. Stand on our feet. Stand on our feet. Turn to your neighbor. Say, neighbor. neighbor. Close that door. There's a draft coming in. God bless you. You are dismissed. We'll see you Wednesday. We love you. Sing us up, choir.